Hey everybody, this is Zach. Uh, this is, uh, this is me. There you go. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie, um, but, uh, yeah, first, uh, let's, like you said, let's, let's, uh, roll into the Mimi Me's. Um, did you want to go no. first, or did you want to Yeah, first? yeah, first, a word from our sponsors. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, hating ourselves. Hating ourselves. Something we do uh, when watching media that we may not like and or enjoy. Hating ourselves. <laughs> it's what we do. All right. And you can go ahead with your me me. It's what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did a handful of things. So, or I watched a handful of things. So um, are you familiar with Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein? You lost me at like the second monster, so no. <laughs> um, it's a short film. I think it's it's a uh, kind of a uh, you know we'll let you do whatever you want with X amount of budget or whatever for David Harbor. Um, it's a it's a short film that's filmed like a uh, yeah. like a masterpiece theater where he's saying that his father is just like well like an Orson Welles type, right? Okay. David Harbour Senior Senior. Um, and it's like it's footage from a, a play that he was he was putting on um, where Frankenstein and the monster switch places, but it's it's shot like in in like nineteen eighties film like video grain that you would you would broadcast on, on television. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy yeah well and it's intercut with with this like documentary where people are are telling these insane stories about his father right mm -hmm. <laughs> um and yeah they they just sound like very off the wall orson Welles stories um, mm -hmm. it's very absurdist it's only about 20 minutes long um it's kind of like um who was it i think it was yeah it was david lynch um <clears throat> had a had a short film several years ago called what did jack do mm -hmm. and it's like 16 minutes long and it's him investigating as if he's a detective a monkey where they've like digitally dropped a person's mouth over its mouth uh -huh. and hi i'm assuming hired a cab driver from new york just to shout lines and they they like lip sync <laughs> it's very bizarre um <clears throat> i wish that they would do more of these fucked up weird little short movies because <laughs> like i don't want to watch that for like an hour and a half right and just mm -hmm. like with frankenstein's monsters monster frankenstein mm -hmm. i it, it, like it's not feature length but like it's worth 20 minutes it's <laughs> you know less than an episode of a, of a show yeah you would be watching um did you ever see uh, the Atom Project. Uh, A T O M or A T A M? A uh, oh uh, A D A M. It's the uh, uh, Sean Levy directed it. It's uh, got Ryan Reynolds in it as a yeah yeah I saw it yeah. Mm -hmm. What were your feelings on that movie? Uh, pretty uneven. Um. I see what they were they were trying to do like um like a blockbuster 
yeah kind of romp thing on a on what is it on a netflix budget yeah um so it was it was uneven um yeah it, it had some interesting little bits and points um it always seems like uh i i don't know if i'm used to just longer form media now yeah but it always seems like the format and I don't know if it's because things get pitched as shows that maybe have to do movies or they just kind of follow that track where a concept seems like it's just kind of suffocated by by the movie format by that rather than like, okay, this would do better as like a short series or something. Because uh, they generally have some interesting ideas. Uh, this one, I don't know if it had enough steam in that regard. Uh, I think they kind of tease at a sequel at the end. I, I can't remember though. Um, um th- no, that so so they they but so they've they've closed off the possibility for circles, and so they they show how um, the characters' lives intersect again. Like it has Ryan Reynolds and his cadet like program or whatever meetings. Always oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's meeting. He gets to meet again. Yeah, but it's lady. really weird yeah. because they don't de-age either of them, and so they're yeah. supposed to be, like, 19, but here's, like, 46-year-old Ryan Reynolds being like, my, I'm in college. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not... Um, you, you would just would have think that they would have digitally um, made him look like Van Wilder. Um, honestly, with Sean Levy getting a job shooting for one of the star wars properties like i i kind of feel like this was just kind of like a backdoor um portfolio for him to kind of get in mm-hmm. the wire there yeah especially with like, a weird like lightsaber jokes that they kept made, making where they're like it's not a lightsaber it's like it's yeah, yeah, we yeah, know. Yeah, like we, we well, know. It's we yeah. know literally it's not a lightsaber because you're not in Star Wars, but <laughs> you want you <laughs> yeah, wanted to kind of make it look like one. So we get it. It's kind of like the, uh, <laughs> the the Red Guards. Like they have some weapons. I don't think they're uh, that yeah. are like kind of like synced up like that, where they have like yeah. multiple nunchakas. I forget what they're called. They have like a name for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of an uneven movie like it's it's enjoyable um well no i mean it's it's uh like a hundred minutes or so like Mm -hmm. so it's fairly quick to get through they didn't belabor a whole lot of stuff um honestly they probably could about could have cut about 20 minutes out because it's billed as like a blockbuster Mm -hmm. but there's there's like three big like action set pieces and then the rest of it is just quiet talking mm-hmm. so like i don't know the feeling that they were going for like i don't know if it's uh, more of like a like a kid's coming of age movie um yeah i never like when they the direction that they were yeah that, i don't ever really like when they stick a kid in something yeah just to try to get some of the kid audience because as a kid myself when some of these things happened it never sold me on them like when the yeah. mummy the mummy 2 came out 
Yeah. Maybe two or three, and it had that annoying little shit who just won't shut up. Um, that was two, yeah. <laughs> that was, and it's just like, why Why is he here? No one wants him here. No. Um, you could, They could make him have a kid, but he could just be an infant. Uh, and that would be really nice, because then he wouldn't have to spout off this dialogue. Because then it also varies on like the kid's level of charm, right? how well they're able to act, and... It's always like the studio, I feel like studio coming in, or maybe even the director being like, okay, we need to have a kid because this is popular with kids, and kids like to see other kids. And I was always just like, no, I don't. I really don't. Not in this movie. If I was yeah, watching, I, like... Uh, it's so weird why you would, like, just... <laughs> I watch movies all the time without middle-aged, fat white dudes <laughs> in them. Like... Why, why, I, I know, why and and I know when you do, you're like, I wish there was a middle-aged fat white dude in here, so I could <laughs> well, feel no, represented. Like that's, that's the opposite of my point. Is like, why do they feel like the audience needs to look like the people on the screen? They do realize that these are not real things happening. Yeah, kids <clears throat> right? don't. Kids, <laughs> kids watched the Mummy, and they thought it was a documentary, so they wanted to see the fact that there was other kids in the documentary. I don't know. I really liked the. Uh the the first mummy that was that was one of the the seminal yeah. points of childhood yeah it's a great great <laughs> film um yeah i was trying to look up to see how old the kid was that played him because i want to say like they make all these jokes about how he um he's like way smaller than other 12 year olds or whatever but like he the kid they cast looks like a regular 12 year old to me. It's just like mm -hmm. in the, in the skewed view of like a, a Hollywood movie, mm -hmm. he looks younger because they tend to cast up. Like they would have cast like a 16 or 17 year old to play a 13 year old or something. <laughs> yeah. So when they do get someone age appropriate, it just, it's yeah. weird. It looks yeah, it weird. Really weird. Like hit, um, another movie that did that, that made me go, Oh wow. This. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can see the difference between these two is the, um, the Rob Zombie Halloween, where um, Laurie and he actually cast 15, 16 year olds to play those parts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, instead of hiring people who were almost 30. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like Carpenter did. Um, I, I love how we get acclimated to this. And so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the opposite throws us off. So yeah, the uh, I don't know if I can recommend Adam Project or not. Um, it's it's uh, it's certainly a movie that you could have watched during pandemic when there was a lockdown going on. I mean, if if you have nothing else to do with your life, I mean, why not do something so yeah. you could watch it? Yeah, um, Velvet Buzzsaw is kind of the same way. I don't I don't know if you saw it. Um, mm -hmm. It was one of the um, Jake Gyllenhaal films that he shot for netflix it's honestly it's a it's a unique um horror movie it's mm. it's by the guy that did nightcrawler and so it's it's them working together again mm -hmm. um yeah it's a really fucked up wild horror movie uh basically the idea is that um it, it's kind of a heist too but but um the idea is that um paintings are haunted and it focuses on people who oh. are art critics and art curators mm -hmm. and 
uh, it just underscores my my idea. Like watching them operate together, it's like okay, this underscores my idea that criticism is pointless and no one cares. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just because the um, you know they they do have him mimicking criticism at an art show of, of new artists and the like details that he focuses on that are like this is reminiscent of that and this means that and this is this is good because of of x y or z or this is trash because of you know abc um i it's just it seemed kind of arbitrary yeah <laughs> it, it really know. is if if you're i think that really highlights depending on the angle that you take to media that you consume um, because let's say you want to have an opinion about this style of media that you consume, you know, whether it's like movies or paintings or whatever, but you want a safe... Is this me personally or this is... No, no, no. This is people. Okay. So, uh, we all know you love trash media and you don't really care what anyone thinks about it. So, um, and so that, that also lines up with this in that if you want a safe curated opinion of things... Yeah. You could find like a well-respected uh, critic, whatever the field, whether it's food, films, whatever, and then try to line yourself up with their interpretation. Or let's say you're not really comfortable with thinking critically about a piece of media you consume, but you want to have a opinion that has been established. So you can just pair it an opinion that comes from a critic. So they almost serve as like a proxy for thinking about the media you consume critically. Um, because you could have, uh, what's that, um, uh, that movie about that demon that that girl controls with that orb that we watched recently. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the only movie with a demon that a girl controls with an orb that we watched. Oh, uh, Psycho Gorman. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, you could yeah. you could have Psycho Gorman, you know, RogerDeeper.com try to review Psycho Gorman. And they're going to have a very particular opinion about it because they're supposed to come from a sort of established, uh, you know, um, yeah. place within the industry. And they aren't supposed to really like prop up like this kind of film, you know, regardless. Um so if you course, want yeah, a very... Fangoria is going to give them a much different review. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. Yeah, and so even even for like for people that don't really need um like a very curated opinion like given to them. Yeah. Um you could watch Psycho Gorman and still have like a critical view of like, "Oh, I liked how they did this, how they could have did that, but I still really enjoyed it for this." Or um at least for me, for someone who likes odd media you know sometimes or at least yeah. media that that pleases me um you just appreciate that it exists there's an element of that like i'm just glad that that movie exists because i could watch it yeah. and i could see it it's an experience that i'm not going to get in like 30 or 40 other movies that are coming out that month yeah um and so for me like critics don't really serve as much of a role unless i know like, okay, which angle are they coming from with this? And 
do they have a way that they experience media that's similar to, to me? Um, right. And I don't really know what what weight critics hold for me other than I think if you're watching like a Hollywood film, uh, like something that's kind of large mass produced, yeah, uh, you know that you're getting into that in order to experience like a piece of like popular sort of easily consumable media for the most part. So the person who regularly reviews popular, easily consumable media has a pretty good peg on, you know, whether this is just like, like a lackluster effort um because that's that's the angle that you're approaching the media with already like when i go watch like a hollywood movie um i know the angle that i'm approaching it with you know if i watch something within fangoria i'm not going to read like a critical review from like ebert.com or 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 whatever if they even have happen to have something in there because they're not coming at it with the same angle but if i'm watching like uh, you know, so the latest Transformers movie, and I'm like, okay, I didn't really like the last one. Should I go to this one? I could go to like a RogerDeeper.com and get an idea of because that's the angle that I'm already approaching it with. Yeah. So. But I mean, even critics have biases. Like the mm-hmm. the, the the amount of supposedly um, neutral and and objective. Uh, critics all they talk about is how trashy this this last phase of uh marvel was and like Mm -hmm. if if they were doing the job that they claim to be doing each Mm -hmm. movie would be looked at differently and and actually objectively and being like okay does the story flow correctly (laughs) is it shot competently are the effects okay you know like it's rather than just constantly bitching and moaning about everything and it's like well i i feel like extreme opinions like that are probably less uh on the mark (laughs) yeah and if you you have to support a particular narrative um yeah going into it because then you've established that and you want to weave that in um and then uh you know, you also don't really want to run too contrary to, I don't know, a regular opinion. Uh, a, a critic's a critic's role is um, rather odd. I think I think when media was a little bit less accessible, yeah. Um, like, let's say I had to like go out and okay, I have to go see this movie. Like, I'm gonna go out and watch it. It's gonna be there. Like, I could watch this movie or I could watch another movie. Like, just go back a couple decades, and then I'm going to have to wait uh, maybe for it to come on VHS. Or if it wasn't going to come on VHS, if we're talking about, like, a theater review, like, there's a particular run. Like, there's a cost-benefit analysis to going to see something as opposed to maybe something else. Whereas now, like, if I don't see that movie or if I go see it, I'm still going to be able to see everything else. So it's not like I'm... I need their opinion to like decide if I'm going to go out and consume something. Um, right. So. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's very strange the the viewpoint of people that only want to, who's, I guess whose, whose metric is that the best thing to consume is the award winning thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
because um, I like I've I've known a person before that unless a movie had won an Oscar, they weren't interested in it because yeah. you know. And it's like, well, then you're putting your hands on people who don't even have to watch the thing that they're voting for. Maybe their friend yeah. worked on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't know. Um, or only listen to music if it had won Grammys or, or read things if they had won won literally. Oh my god. Most most of the media I consume I'd never be able to touch. Why yeah, it's <laughs> like why why would you purposely shut yourself off from an entire plethora yeah. of things to choose? That's from? that's almost like you want your very... you want your opinion or you want uh, what you consume to be like pre validated, you know. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, checked before you consume it. Like, uh, so that you can, okay, yeah, I, I watched this thing. Oh, well, it won like an Oscar or whatever. Uh, you know, it's it's good. I, that's why I consumed it. As if you don't even trust like chance or just your own like judgment experience. Yeah. Like, and I personally, I think the Oscar should be held in increments of five so that the you know, the 2023 Oscars are voting on the movies that came out in 2018. Like, how many of those would still be fucking sticking around? Yeah. Like, when is the last time you watched, like, The Artist? Uh, For example. Like, that can't yeah. have possibly have been the best film of whatever year that came out. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, it's one of those Oscar bait type movies where it's, it's like... Uh, you know, it's it's a movie about Hollywood's origins, and so yeah, the, I, I, the, I never watched The Artist, so I guess that says something about me. Yeah, I, I just I mean, it's unique. It's it's a different movie. It's it's silent up until um, like the la almost the last like little section of the movie mm -hmm. because it's it's about a, a silent screen actor, and so it's scored like a silent film would be. Um, yeah, it's an interesting movie. It's just I don't think it's best picture. You know, I don't think that's the best movie that everyone was clamoring to see because it's like, what does that mean? Um, but yeah. you're right. Like that's I think it's a vestige of of the way that that things were consumed because like you know, Ebert and Roper had an entire show that today would like no one would watch and everyone would bitch about because it was just spoilers for the movies that are out right now. Yeah, <laughs> like if you listen to their reviews on that show, like if you watch old episodes of it, mm -hmm. and you're not familiar with the film they're talking about, they give you a beat by beat. So it's just yeah. like spoilers. The review show. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really, I say, you know, I give this opinion with all the irony embedded in the fact that we review content regularly. Um. But it's not even really. I just kind of say I like it or don't. Yeah, it's it's not even really like review. It's just more it's like not. this is what I didn't like, or did like about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it, in any of my opinions, because a lot of times we're uh, a lot of times we're, we're on the contrary for specific pieces of media. Usually the media that you choose, Zach. <laughs> uh, we're very contrary in our opinion of something. Yeah. Um, but. For me, my my opinion that I hold doesn't invalidate your experience of it. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the piece of media that you have. So, yeah. All that I being mean, said, as, that was. 
I, I will say, as, as someone who who has accepted money for doing reviews of things, sometimes a review is just I liked it and I have a platform <laughs> to share yeah. it with. Like that's there, there. There's not some like fancy school you go to 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 get your little review back. <laughs> should be. There um, should be. No, there shouldn't be. That's terrible. <laughs> no, there should be. And then at the final, the final board test is you grade something on a one to 100 degree scale and you have to be within a point average of all the other board members on what you graded it as <laughs> um yes so the uh, the the last two things that uh i would like to talk about one of them is or they're both shows one of them is um dracula on netflix mm -hmm. it's a, a little three episode um kind of adaptation of the the dracula story done by mark gaddis and uh who was the other guy that worked on sherlock because it's the other or he worked on doctor who rather um mm -hmm. it is yeah mark gaddis and stephen moffat um like three episodes but it's what it's a bbc show so each episode is like an hour and a half um, it's like a full-on feature-length film um it's it's really really good they they uh reference all all of the like they they, they pull stories from the books or from the book rather um they reference other incarnations of dracula so like the the actor that um plays him for the majority of it looks very much like bella lugosi mm -hmm. when he goes into vampire bits he looks very much like christopher lee in his old hammer movies that's cute um it's it's a really neat in like like it's an inspired attempt at adapting the story um mm -hmm. the first two episodes like the first one focuses on um you know harker's stay with dracula as he's kind of warping his vision um wait wait so just interject do we have enough stamina to go through a hammer film run all right just gonna drop that in there. Um, <laughs> that's i have house of horror <laughs> on dvd we could do a house of horror run <laughs> uh i've only seen like little clips other than seeing some of them i remember growing up when i was very small i would have been now, like, are you talking about the individual films like yeah. rides of mm -hmm. dracula and stuff yep yep all gotcha. the different hammer uh dracula movies yep let's see hammer film productions i i think there's no a couple idea. there's quite a few of them yeah, I mean, I can throw them into our rotation if you want. Do not. No, no. Uh, I was talking about potential suffering. I didn't want to throw it in the rotation. Uh, I, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I know there's flavors, and some of them are more well-regarded than others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's what happens when you make, what is this, 174 works? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I knew there was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was a lot. Some of those have to be just like cuts unused from other movies. The, they shut down in the 70s. They reopened yeah. in 08. So they yeah. would have way more. Some um, of them have to be like recuts of like stuff that wasn't used in other films. Yeah. 
uh, and then add it in. Because I think I remember some of that, like talking about like uh, what's um, like Christopher, uh, what's his name? Uh, you just mentioned his Christopher name. Christopher Lee. Yeah, Christopher Lee. Like there's movies that he didn't even shoot for or something like that, that they just have some scenes from him in and they just like replay it and yeah. reshoot it. So I'm sure there's some of that. I mean, they made Plan 9 from Outer Space that way. Um, Bella Lugosi is credited in it, but I think he's in one shot as he's dying where you can see his face. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the real Bella Lugosi (laughs) died. Um, And so Ed Wood used his um, dentist, who is like a foot and a half taller than Bella Lugosi. Mm -hmm. So the cape is much higher, but he walks around like this covering his face with his <laughs> so you don't know that he's dead he's he's uh, no longer in the movie fantastic yeah. um yeah ed would if only so yeah, if no. only love were talent <laughs> if love were talent <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i i recommend the the dracula tv show if you like that sort of subversion of what the property is um mm-hmm. Because that, that's what Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis both do well. Mark Gaddis did um, the the BBC Sherlock with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Um, which is another subversive show, but th- this Dracula one is way funnier. Um, like, purposely funnier. Uh, and kind of more fucked up. <laughs> the, uh, the third episode basically just goes off the rails. Um, it's not pulling anything from the book. Uh, well, it pulls names from the book, but it, it reframes everything um, in a in a different context. Um, and then the last thing is there's a little documentary series called How to Change Your Mind. And mm-hmm. I think it's based on a book that a guy wrote. But it's, it's like four episodes, and each episode focuses on a different... Um, hallucinogen um you know one of them's lsd one of them psilocybin one of them's mdma and one of them's mescaline mm-hmm. um now the danger of watching this is that you might come to the conclusion well shit now i want to try all of them <laughs> <laughs> at once do them all at once <laughs> no no not at once <laughs> that, at that once. would be terrible <laughs> just see if your heart can survive it go for it yeah, well, and it, it's funny, they um, they mainly talk about LSD as, like, in, in its modern context, because it has such a sordid history mm-hmm. um, that they leave out, but I've, I've encountered elsewhere um, that's, oh, fucking Adobe, why are you doing this to me right now? fucking trash company stop installing things on my computer sorry um yeah no the uh the the history of of you know lsd is once it was invented and patented um you know allegedly the cia bought like 99 percent of the world's supply from this company Mm -hmm. um that that was making it in germany i think um there's stories of them just kind of 
if you worked in the DC area, uh, you probably had a high chance of tripping at some point in the 50s or 60s because they would just dose water coolers and shit. Um, there was a memo that came out from the, the director warning people at the Christmas party to not drink any punch that was left unattended. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, th there's a deeper, darker history that I'm I'm alighting and leaving out um, because it, it's just funny to me that there was a point in history when a government ap apparatus was just like, what would happen if we randomly dosed people while they were at work? Yeah, the feds are like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's basically what they're doing. Well, like in the 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 purpose of doing it was to see if it was like a like a um uh truth serum is is supposedly what they were looking at it for but i figure after you dose your like thousandth employee it yeah. might not actually be a very good truth <laughs> it's at a certain point you're just doing it because you like to do it yeah at a certain um, point it's a uh, uh, exact that's exactly what it is because <laughs> like, yeah like they, they would take people dose them randomly observe them and then ask them a bunch of questions that they shouldn't like healthcare information or whatever or salary mm -hmm. information uh things that people at the time would have like kept private to see if they would talk about it and mm -hmm. as far as i know that that was never like successful <laughs> which is why they abandoned it um but only after doing terrible terrible things to lots and lots of people yeah um, yeah yeah um and uh yeah that's that's me for for now did did you do anything exciting it's been a while since we've re uh recorded <laughs> no every day is a marathon for me man that's all it is it's just it's just glorious pain and suffering um <laughs> pain and but suffering. uh yeah no it's just a marathon you know with having a, a six-month-old and a job and working and stuff um, try to think of, uh, things I did that I enjoyed other than my child. I can't really talk about <laughs> her as a thing of enjoyment. This is not really relatable and it's not like people can come over to my home. Please don't. <laughs> I will not respond favorably if you do. Um, and experience, you know, the joy of my child. Um, you are locked and loaded i just I, I will just it's not even i'm a very you know very plat like placid very calm person but it's not it's not in that regard um because no. i know the laws on my side so yeah. yeah it's not even i i even have to think about it. but anyways regardless of internet posturing um <laughs> so um yeah i played the uh, re4 remake demo yesterday that was a uh, Oh, really? really fun 40 minutes yeah it's available on the playstation and um steam and i think maybe xbox and it's also it's gonna be a ps4 game as well um really prob yeah probably with some because the ps5 install base isn't huge yet um so i think they still want to get ps4 users in there they like you know capcom likes money so um so you should still be able to play it on, on uh, a regular PS4. And they probably uh, downscale it and stuff. But the game looks great. Um, it pretty much plays 
just in line with how you remember PS, uh, how you remember RE4 playing. Um, <laughs> so if you so, like it, you'll you'll really love it. If you don't, yeah yeah if, if you like it, you love it. But I think the one thing though is like a lot of the cheese, which uh, for the life of me, you consume cheese on such a large amount uh, in such regular quantities, and I don't mean the food <laughs> item. I don't know why you don't appreciate the cheese in RE4 more. I don't know. Maybe it didn't hit you at the right time. But um, a lot of that cheese isn't really present because it's uh, it's coming they after... a serious feel. Yeah, there's a little bit serious feel. You know, they do keep some of the the one-liners in there. Like, where every, you know, where's everybody going? You know, bingo, etc. Yeah. Um, that first line, that's still in there. But um, there's definitely more of a a terror element in the environment uh, and the spooky bits they try to make them a lot more spooky um so a lot like re2 remake in that regard um so i think um it's good the the gameplay was fast paced and um i did die once um from from poor tactical strategies because that village village section that first village section you come to you pretty much just have to run and gun and most of that is just running because you 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 just try to there's way too many villagers to take out with your very nominal uh firepower that you're given so right. you just have to keep on moving uh and joking but you have a lot more mobility options um it feels like and you're faster um not that re4 your character isn't fast but there's there's like an evolution of like tank controls they were still doing at that time um so the controls are a little clumsier than like you'd feel like in a modern game environment yeah um but it's just very modern as far as it's it's playthrough um and the way the controls handle and the environment was gorgeous and yeah it's fun uh, i had a lot of fun with it even for the 40 minutes that i got to play it and they don't have a timer on it so you could just like sit you know oh. forever um yeah. It's just once you reach a certain point, then the demo ends. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to play it again because it's just it's one of those kind of experiences that just rewards. So it's not bit. like the kitchen then. It sounds like it just, mm-hmm. it's, it's the mm-hmm. timer and it's like you get here and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. No, it's not like that. It's, uh, you could play, you know, you could keep on, you could just sit in a room for three hours if you wanted to. But uh, once you get to the village section, there's a built-in timer there for, you know, oh, I how, see. Okay. how many people you kill in order to survive, in order yeah. to reach the checkpoint where, you know, you get to the, the bingo moment where the bell rings. Um, gotcha. So I'm really looking forward to it because even the the beginning sections, like the first house that you walk into, in the original game, it's a very small, it's just like a room. It's a yeah. room with a stairway and you walk up the stairway. But here it's like a room and there's two hallways and then there's another room um so even in that beginning flavor they're like oh yeah we've expanded this a little bit like your experience is going to be different and it it is so as someone who's watched a lot of plays of that game and who's played that game before and i I know how that game goes it was still very fresh um for me and the the changes they make um you notice them because it's like oh that's different oh that's different um oh i can parry with a knife like almost anything that's awesome (laughs) you know 
um, you know, you can parry a chainsaw with your your hand blade, you know, just like a little hand blade. It's like, that's insane, but also <laughs> awesome. Um, and he still has his old, like, karate kick um, and uh, his suplex move that you can use later on. I don't think he Wait, can do he that. Wait, he still has that? <laughs> he still has that. So they kept some of the cheese. Um, that's awesome. But it's like, it's the good stuff. It's the good bits. Um, See, I am kind of looking forward to it. I I, I know that, you know, four is, is my least favorite of the original run mm-hmm. um i gotta say though all like all of their remakes have been phenomenal like i have my own nostalgia wrapped up in the original re2 and re3 and, and so on mm-hmm. but the re2 make and the re3 make like th- those are objectively better games like they're easier to play yeah they're they're more smooth they're like they're from the standpoint of is does this game work better for the person playing it i think yeah. objectively yes like that's yeah and especially for like vanilla game like as someone who played them on like pc afterwards like i i played it originally on wii re4 on wii yeah. um but then you can like you can aim a little easier there than you would like on an original controller um but it was played RE2 and RE3, um, even the older games, like on a PC port or PC version, where you can change how the um, directionals work. So you're not stuck in like kind of that tank format. Yeah. That really, which is part of the the gameplay element because it kind of depowers you. But for like a modern gamer coming into it and being like, yeah. oh God, how does this move? How do I move again? Because it's clunky. And it's yeah. part of it's intentionally clunky, but part of it's like that was just how games were at the time. Right. You, know, you play right. you play Tomb Raider and she moves like, yeah. like she's on on a track. Because yeah. um, guess like what, she was on a track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. There's a grid uh, controlling yeah. the movement. I did notice. I think they had some uh, accessibility options as well, uh, related to like sound, and there was another one. Um, I just noticed because I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Um, you could change the FOV, I know, in the PC version. Um, I don't know if that's in the console version. But really? um, the PC version, yeah, that's you can change the FOV. Significant. Yeah. yeah, and it's not something they offer a lot for Capcom because they, I think people just bitched at them enough that they were just yeah. like, oh, okay, we'll include it. Because it's, it's something they have access to. Like yeah. it's, part of, it's part of the design spec. Um, so they also had some, I think at least two or three other accessibility things related to like contrast or something like that. Um, so that was nice to see. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, comes out a little bit after my birthday. I pre-ordered it, uh, after the, after I played the demo, I was planning on ordering it anyways, but yeah, I threw in a little bit of swag. And, Once you um, got that verification, it's like, well, I may as well get extra stuff. Yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the bag for this anyways. I just want to make sure I get it before yeah. uh, then. And um, it'll already be loaded on my system on you know day one. And um, I'll be able to start playing Did you get it. this through Steam or is it? Uh, no, it's just time? on the PS5. Okay. Um, because it's, it's sometimes... At least with everything now, it's easier to sit on the couch rather than hole up in the office, which I'm 
you know, I'm here more than five days a week, usually just related to work. Yeah. So it, um, it works out if I can get out in the central living room area and, um, you know, be bothered to help with this one thing or help with something else. I'm just a little bit more accessible and, uh, you know, getting to see the rest of the fam is nice. The demo had like a, I played 34 minutes. It took me about an hour and 10 minutes. It was an interjection where I grabbed the baby and I fed them and I put yeah. them to sleep. And then they woke up again after I put them to sleep and I had to put them to sleep again. Um, so that's just the, the nature of it. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much, um, I've seen my, my, uh, brother because he also has a small child that will need to go to sleep every now and then. And, mm -hmm. um, I don't know where he gets the time to like play guitar and do that other stuff. I, I don't know what his setup is. I'm, I'm, I'm envious. Well, well, she's also a little bit older. Like he, he went a while before he could, he could do that. Mm -hmm. Cause she's, she's, you know, over a year at this point. Um, yeah. But let's not cut away. Yeah. He's just a lax father. That's all I was yeah. trying to say. That's it. He's obviously just I, a slob. Well, I've seen him, especially when she was younger and, and uh -huh. like like zone out and wasn't quite so so like zoned into oh, this person's making noise, so I've got to pay them attention. Mm -hmm. Have one of those like papoose things on his chest where she was just uh -huh. like swaddled and sitting there playing like Black Desert Online on his Xbox. That's cute. <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> Very cute. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe she doesn't like to just like sit. Uh, I don't know. She just she likes to be entertained. Um, she entertains herself okay so far, but um, I found if yeah. uh, if you put her put her down, she likes to, someone to be sitting next to her. Yeah. Um, and then just like even if you're not doing anything, she just likes you being there. Yeah. So I think I just need to have her spend like a couple of days outside. Just like laying down in the grass by herself for a couple hours to just have her wean <laughs> off of that. that, you know? No, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no big deal. Uh, Defax, call me, call me. We can set, we can set up some meetings. Um, um, yeah. So other than that, yeah, I watched uh, Last of Us. Um, the season finale comes out this weekend. Oh. Okay. Um, that's been really enjoyable. I think I talked about episode three already on the last podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's been fun. Um, I've heard I, it's like, veered away from the uh, the game, which is actually actually it entices me more to want to watch it. Yeah, it's uh, the episode three definitely veers far away, and could you could put that episode in another post-apocalyptic environment yeah. without uh, really relating to The Last of Us. But it captures like that connection theme and survival and like human connection, you know? Um, right. Because in, in, in post-apocalyptic world, you're not having a relationship, usually, depending on the material you consume, <laughs> you're not having a relationship with the creatures that are trying to kill you. Uh, but if you are, I mean, that's, that's your thing. That's fine. <laughs> There's media out there for you. Um, you know, you, you're not usually having, you have a relationship with other people. And so it's about that kind of high tension, high, uh, stress environment. Like the connections you make are very important and the relationships you have, have 
uh, like if I don't like someone, that's one thing, right? But if I don't like someone in a post-apocalyptic environment, I could get you killed, you know? Yeah. Uh, I could do something to lead to your death or shrift you on supply. So every relationship is just that much more, uh, has that much more import. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's been good. Um, Cause I, I'm very familiar with the games, um, having played them and then watching my wife play them as well. Um, oh, she's playing through them. Well, she's, she already played through them. Uh, she's, she's a solid gamer. She's got a gamer card, Zach. Oh, um, okay. So she's played through them. She played through the DLC uh, for the first game, which there's an episode that is basically just uh, an episode for the DLC for the first game um, hmm. where you go through like a prequel section with Ellie. Um, and it's good. Um, it's, it's just really well done. Some of the choices, um, like in the last episode, the one that has, um, David, uh, who's just this really skeezy guy who tries to get up with Ellie and he's basically leading a troop of cannibals isn't as strong as I think it is, as it is in the game. Hmm. Um, it still comes across effectively. Uh, but I think that's just because the game gets to spend more time there and you get more experience with the characters. And um, if anything, I'd say the show suffers from having to move through things so quickly um, because they only have nine episodes and some of the material, you know, if you have like 30 hours of gameplay maybe less than that, you know, 20 hours of gameplay. You have to truncate like story elements. Yeah. And most of the time, I think they, they really, they do it well, but for some things, the gameplay becomes part of the story element because like I'm invested, I'm experiencing this, there's dialogue happening, there's character interaction happening. So it becomes a part of the narrative. Like if you see, if you see like a fight that's happening, um, let's say for like a book, there's like a battle that's happening in the book. Yeah. That's still important to the narrative. Um, and if you have to film something like that, a lot of times that gets truncated for budget or time or, or whatnot. Um, but uh, I, as far as adaptations go, it, it can stand on its own. So I think that's, that's, you know, as strong as, as an endorsement as any, do I think like, oh, I wish they would have been able to do this or this would have been really cool to see? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Um, they, the danger element for like the infected, like I've seen, you know, you get to see one bloater. Uh, we've seen <laughs> three clickers maybe, uh, I think. Oh, wow, that's a far less. <laughs> that's far less than what you get in the game um, because they... The, well, the they can't the safe point in the, in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, combat is, um, you know, not really the, the focus of yeah. the right. show. And I, I get that. Yeah. Um, but sometimes some of that conflict is is good for, from a storyline perspective. But uh, That's just a far, I, far less, especially with, with, you know, The Walking Dead being out. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Walking Dead, I think, suffers from the reverse issue, though. To be uh, yeah, fair. fair, there's so many fucking zombies. Uh, yeah, I'm just and... saying, like, 
even in the first season like if we were to take yeah. the, the first season and look at mm-hmm. it i feel like that's a fair enough balance for setting mm-hmm. up the world whereas last of us from what you're saying if there's only three or four clickers like those are pretty much like just regular guys that are around in the game yeah <laughs> like, i mean there's very strange yeah there's like two in one episode so because people call me out of numbers the one person that would email this uh then there's one uh, later on that they see is not really a clicker. He's kind of transforming. That's in that mall scene uh, from that prequel scene. And then there's a shit ton in one scene, like a big battle scene. Yeah. Uh, but there's not really like one-on-one interaction with most of those. Anyone. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're just like running around. mess. That's a great scene from a battle perspective. Like they they spent the fucking money on that scene. Um, That's HBO. Yeah, uh, and that's where they spent all the money for all the creatures, uh, I think. Um, and it's a fantastic scene, so it's great to watch. Um, the first season of The Walking Dead, I think, is tremendous. It is a great first season of a show. Um, it very, yeah. like, it, it, it had iconic shots from the comics. Mm-hmm. And then there were, like, three episodes, which is half of the first season, mm-hmm. that just veered off into what kirkman wanted hey I, yeah. I was rushing around writing this comic what would happen if this happened <laughs> yeah yeah um, we would like like bicycle girl like how often because yeah. i watched several seasons after the first one yeah. how often do we get such like poignant shots later <laughs> on in later seasons like just beautifully shot like beautiful contrast between the living and the dead really sort of like watching watching the dead struggle was a mirror on how humanity is struggling in that moment beautiful beautiful stuff you can really tell i think from from a cinematography standpoint you can really tell when they get rid of frank darabont yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and and they just go to the the random whoever like the 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 quality in my opinion just drops like yeah (laughs) like you said like that first season is amazing it's amazing Um, beautiful but then the other 10, it's like, I, well, I, I haven't seen eight, nine or 10 or 11. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I, I won't comment on those, but like I stopped watching for a reason. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some highlights in some of the later seasons was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That was kind of nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not the same media at all. And, um, Darabont asked for like more budget I think was originally the what they said was the reason for the split and probably more money for himself but you know more budget because he's like oh this did so well let's we really want to we can really do some great stuff with this and they're like oh so uh but we talked to some guys uh they said in Adobe After Effects you can just put like a blood splatter effect and that's cool that looks fine to us I think and so then you see that oh that fucking blood spatter effect just kills me just kills me every time i see it because i'm like is this a youtube movie like is this something fan made or do you actually have money for this oh anyways i won't bitch i, I get on that train so much that, well um, you know what's funny is there's a um there's a podcaster i listened to who was was telling the story about um w- one of the very first times he went to the big san diego comic-con um he he got stuck in an elevator not or not stuck in an elevator he was in an elevator and it was him and frank darabont standing there and this is in like 
09 or 010 um mm -hmm. and he like he's looking for something to say because he he want, he doesn't want to be that like irritating fan that's just like oh my god i love your work but just like something to comment on yeah to to like be a person to another person and he notices that he has one of the the walking dead volumes in his hand and he goes oh that is a fantastic comic have, have you read this before and he goes yeah 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 I've, I've i've read this before and he's just like that's awesome i love that story but it was before it was announced that they were making a show oh okay okay i get it so he, he wasn't just, like, just being an asshole about it okay. no no <laughs> i kind of wish that story he was just being an asshole and it was after the no, loss no, came out was, it was like a year or so before it was even mm -hmm. announced that, that it was coming out. And yeah. and yeah, he happened to be in the, the, an elevator with him. And you're just like, Oh, that's, that's fantastic. You, did you pick that up at the vendor hall? And he goes, Oh uh, no. He goes, Oh, so you were getting it signed. And he was just like, eh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, Oh, he was meeting with Kirkman. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting my check signed later. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my thing. Um, okay. Most 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 enjoyment stuff happens in like nap breaks or like five to ten minutes to myself. Uh, yeah, few far between. But I mean, I can't really complain. It's really just like a marathon, though. Like you do it, you run a marathon because you like doing it. Yeah. So the work that I do now is because I like doing it. That doesn't mean you don't get tired. <laughs> Because yeah. you do get tired running a marathon, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'll leave it. Okay, well, um, that being the case, let's pivot to Super Mario Brothers movie. So, uh, I I do have some preliminary stuff on it before we we uh, talk our trash on it. Yeah, watch. Uh, uh, you guys can't see the binder of material that Zach just slapped on his desk. I've. <laughs> <laughs> um so looking at its release date um i'm i'm almost certain that i went to this for like a birthday where, where my family was like we'll go see a movie that you'd like to to, to watch because uh, it came out may of 93 um i remember loving it <laughs> yeah you definitely loved all the titties and ass that are in this movie <laughs> so well I, okay so the the budget for this in 93 was 48 million dollars it's quite a chunk that's that's a very expensive movie um it, it yeah. got 39 back um rotten tomatoes has it at 28 and cinema score has it at a b plus i fall on the b plus side <laughs> i'm sure that you fall in more the the 28 percent side yeah if there's a score for uh why like and then a question mark after that's where i'd fall in this for this movie so, okay, so here's some pre-production notes that, that I was able to track down. Zach, Zach rubs his hand excitedly. You could hear that in the audio. So Roland Joffe is the producer. Um, he gets a $2 million contract uh, for the film control of Mario that Nintendo gives him. N Nintendo was just like, oh, yeah, but, I mean, we get our money on the merchandising anyway. Like, who gives a shit about film? Sure. Give us $2 million. You can make whatever the fuck you want. Um, Nintendo, again, thought that the brand was strong as it was. They don't 
they didn't really care about having anyone on set to like have oversight of what they were doing on this movie. <laughs> they were just kind of like, yeah, no, it's it's a character. We we I'm sure whatever story you come up with will be fascinating. <laughs> There's no restrictions on what you can do. Um, so who if if you were making a Mario film, do you have an idea of who you would have write that film? uh the guy who wrote encino man based on this movie yeah that's the guy i would have read and even then i that would be after his his original version was rejected and a bunch of rewrites were put on it uh, so um i hate to break it to you but the screenplay the first version of it was written by um barry morrow who won an mm -hmm. oscar for rain man mm-hmm um, his version of this movie was Mark and Louis or Mark Mario and Luigi taking an existential road trip through the Mushroom Kingdom. Through the Mushroom Kingdom. So he uh, basically wanted to have Rain Man, but Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love when people find something that works and then they try to do it again. It's just like they got me an Oscar last time. Fuck it. We're <laughs> We're going to do it again. This time you're going to cry about Mario. Oh, the producer called this script uh, the Drain Man script. The Drain Man. Um, just as a code name. They did a second screenplay with uh, the guy that wrote the Flintstones film. Mm -hmm. um, and was more of a it, more of a traditional adaptation. They they had Harold Ramis lined up as director. Um, he that might have been fun so it would have been fun his response to it was what the fuck do I know about adapting a video game mm -hmm. um, so then they, they uh, production started to turn a little bit weird here uh, the, the uh, Joffy hired um rocky morton and annabelle jenkel um they're the people who created max headroom from the 80s mm -hmm. i don't know why you would hire those people um you can kind of see it in the way that dennis hopper's hair it, like he's got a very max headroom look like yeah when i saw that i was like oh i know exactly where <laughs> where their yeah. input was um they they kind of styled themselves at the time as the less pretentious Tim Burton. Um, so, you know, they, they wanted to have more of the, the darker tone of like the Batman or, or uh, TMNT, things like that. Um, so what they had envisioned was a mix of Japanese fairy tales and then shoving all of that into modern America as the Mushroom Kingdom. Mm, okay. Uh, so... The, the the script that they turned in uh was a soft r i cannot find a copy of the script i really want to see who in their right mind would make an r-rated i want to see that mario film uh, well, honestly that sounds better than what we got so i mean well like soft r just means like 
language. No, Maybe not the soft R, the Japanese fairy tales in modern. Oh, yeah, image. yeah, yeah. That that sounds fine. I, I just, I want to see how they married that idea with a soft R. Um, mm-hmm. Disney had bought their distribution rights uh, by the time they turned their script in. And so they had to significantly cut their shooting script. Um, mm-hmm. Disney did not bother to let them know that they had to make all of these cuts uh, mm-hmm. until they had already uh, lined up uh, shooting dates and crew. Um, and when their plane touched down in Wilmington, North Carolina, where they filmed this. No. I want to know what it takes to be a movie executive, because I feel like there's a there's a way to let the production team know mm. you can't make the movie that you think you're going to be making before they're landing at the spot that they've already contracted to make the movie that they they were told they could make um the uh so for for casting uh with mario i'm sure that this was uh a holdover from the drain man script but dustin hoffman was originally going to be mario um arakawa said no the the president of of uh, nintendo for anyone that doesn't know um they offered the role and the director role to um danny devito and he he turned it down because he had no idea what he was adapting mm-hmm. but this could have been danny devito's first one of his first films um as a director um Cooper was offered to arnold schwarzenegger and michael keaton both of them said no way in hell am i doing this role uh and then luigi was offered to tom hanks who the studio dropped because uh he had a series of like flops from like 88 to like 92 like he just was in dog shit movies and so they're like no we're not we're not putting tom hanks in (laughs) any of our roles that would Um, really have crashed this movie for sure yeah yeah well like so hoskins gets cast he says no, and then the production just kept sending him updated versions of the scripts as if they were never told that he said no. And so finally he was like, okay, fine, whatever. I can just drink continuously on the set. Um, Leguizamo has said that um, uh, of of the, the production uh, and how excited he was to be cast in this movie because you see a lot of Italians playing Latin characters like Pacino does in Scarface. Now it's our turn, which I thought, I thought was a very funny <laughs> commentary. Um, and then they cast a guy named Mojo Nixon as Toad. I'm unfamiliar with Mojo Nixon. Apparently the uh, production wanted Tom Waits and the guy who plays Toad in this movie his agent's pitch to the producers um, was, look, you can get a third-rate Tom Waits for half the price. <laughs> so this guy's own agent is like, yeah, he, he's a kind of a ripoff of Tom Waits, but he's not as expensive. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Okay, so, oh, wow. Okay, I didn't realize that Hoskins was alive that, that long, but... He um he was being interviewed and he was asked what the worst thing he ever did was and his response was wait the worst thing I ever did 
Super Mario Brothers. It was a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a fucking nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing. Their arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After so many weeks, of their own agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. Fucking idiots. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, yeah, he, he and uh, Leguizamo would just routinely get drunk um, before filming would start and then just continue to drink between takes. So everything that you see in this movie, they are almost in, almost certainly not sober um, to one extent or another. Um, mm-hmm. He was asked in 2011, what's the worst job you've done? What's been your biggest disappointment? And if you could edit your past, what would you change? And his answer to all three was Super Mario Brothers. Um, Despite this, his son is a huge fan of the film and praised his performance. Um, Leguizamo was a little bit more charitable. Um, There was a screening uh, for the 20th anniversary, and he... He was commenting, saying that, that, you know, he's glad that people appreciate the movie... Um, considering its place in history, you know, it's the the first like big budget video game adaptation film. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Hopper uh, recalls it as being a nightmare. Um, they his criticism, I like, I can kind of see more from like a directing standpoint because he does he he is a director. Is it his criticism with with the husband and wife team? directing was that they were kind of control freaks and they but they also wouldn't talk to each other before they made decisions that the crew then had to enact mm-hmm. um <clears throat> he he says that he was supposed to be there for five weeks of shooting and he it ended up um all sudden done that he was in north carolina for 17 weeks wow because it ran so over budget wow. um Yeah, I, I I don't know why you would you would stay that long, um, unless unless from what I understand, like they they got handed like rewrites sort of all the time. Um, yeah, that was part of it. Like day to day, they'd like, and so that was part of the frustration, from what I remember reading about it, that they would memorize lines and like okay, they had like another rewrite. And then they'd get handed like new lines and then oh, it was like a shining point. situation. Yeah. They just got to the point where they're just like, fuck it. Well, I'm not going to try to memorize these then because <laughs> you're just going to rewrite. And it's like the, that husband and wife duo was trying to get this fiend, what they thought was a Phoenix to rise from the ashes, but they were just trying to resuscitate a turd basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, you, the producer in the end has said that, um, you know, it, it, it's a unique artifact. Um, he's not entirely sure what Yamauchi or Nintendo of America thought of the finished project. project. Um, mm. He said, like, they never called him to complain. Um, and their responses were polite, but, like, he doesn't know what they think of it, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie fils said that uh, the film left a really bad taste in the mouth of our developers um shigeru miyamoto um said that in the end it was a very fun project that they put a lot of effort into um i have regrets about how the movie may have tried to get a little too close to what the uh video games were um so it became a movie about a video game rather than being an entertaining movie in and of itself Mm. which i mean 
that's a that's a fair point um like i i I really want to see the there's an extended cut um, Mm -hmm. called the morton jenkel cut uh that's just like the vhs work print Um, that's the name of the the janitor that worked there during the project no no that's that's the husband and wife team oh okay (laughs) all right there's a sequel webcomic um where the adventure picks up with uh mario and luigi going back to dino hatton to aid daisy in defeating the mad scientist wart i'm reading from the wikipedia right now the uh the final boss from super mario brothers 2 um factors heavily into it the the super mario's game that wasn't a super mario's game yes okay all right they have they have wart keeping uh, keeping in with the line of the authenticity of the i love it i love it they're just staying true (laughs) to the source material yeah (laughs) that really keeps in the spirit almost accidentally i love that it it really is almost accidental um yeah the the they they make this web comic that's based on this this um you know i'll i'll be fair it's it, it's not a very good movie um i have fun with it i enjoy it um it's also the first one like it's on on the roadmap of of adaptations like you know it, it's it's way more difficult to adapt a a video game than it is like a book or a story or something right unless it's so heavily narrativized like last of us i would argue um that you know you've said that last of us is is uh good but also that that game is written like a like a movie or a tv show yeah the the translation is 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 simpler i think because the other thing with this is that production you know, I, I said that Nintendo of America or Nintendo as a company said, here's the film rights. Sure, we, we're keeping merchandising rights, but uh, go ahead, make what you're going to make. Production did reach out to Nintendo of America several times to go like, hey, is there a map to this world we should be using? Um, what are can we see some of character sketches or designs for, for certain characters or anything? And they were just stonewalled. And Nintendo of America was apparently just like, nah, it's whatever. There's a Mushroom Kingdom. And th- like when you have that to go on, like I can kind of see where production was just like, well, I get- we don't have a map, so I guess we're just going to make this up as we go along. Something about world splitting and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've never really been interested in the lore, I, I think. Uh... Yeah especially with Mario, I think cause they don't really want to be tied down to any one yeah. particular thing because they want, I, th- I think their idea is you don't have lore in like, uh, uh, in like a carnival game, you know, it's like a carnival game. There's like a premise, you're kind of playing it. You know, they come from that kind of game idea methodology. The experience is yeah. what you really need to hone in on. And the narrative just like, is like some dressing to it um well and, and even then, i'd argue that's true even of their more most lore heavy games yeah in yeah the the legend of zelda like 
Yeah. What's there's the timeline on that. Like there's but yeah, there's not specific lore. There's like yeah. insinuating certain things or providing wow. details, but even it's like it's background stuff that that's just background. It's not paramount. Like I play you could play the Breath of the Wild and the experience is not about the story, which yeah. is like can be here nor there. It's yeah. how do you actually feel and are you enjoying the mechanical experience of playing the game. And that's where they really uh, want to drill in on. Um, I mean, they could have bought like the first game, but they, I guess they would have had to buy like the, I think the Japanese version of the first game had like a character book with like some brief like info on the universe. But even some of that, like they don't really tie hard with that. You know, it's so... I can see the the disconnect there, but also when I watched the movie uh, again recently, it, it's really okay. This person did not play this game. Uh, the people in charge of this did not play the game only because tonally it's so different. Like yeah, yeah, it's um, like this like a cyber dystopia. <laughs> It's like the, yes. someone took the Mario characters and fed them through the AI art program that turned it into Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's just a lot of titties and ass. Um, there's a lot of ass. The uh, the girl at the... Um, the Big Bertha? At the police, well, Big Bertha, but at the police station, there's a girl with her ass just like hanging out and like a yeah. leotard G-string thing who's like has like her heel and is like pushing it on to the uh the initial police officer's like shoulder while he's like yeah. listening to them report how they're plumbers yeah um and you'd see that in like cyberpunk dystopian kind of aesthetic and it's it's more like um a movie about dinosaur world um yeah. with like a cyberpunk dystopian aesthetic with some window dressings to borrow that term of mario related stuff yeah um it's not really a mario movie i mean people can argue that up and down but it's not really like <laughs> they have some stuff in there um uh and i'd have to struggle to um it's almost like if you had a parody of uh um if you had a parody of like uh, Breaking Bad uh, within the Flintstones universe, since you mentioned that, um, <laughs> and then you called that a Flintstones movie, it's you, not no, a I Flintstones movie. Yeah. <laughs> you you grabbed one, you grabbed some flavorings of something, yeah. like some elements, some recognizable <laughs> elements. You know, you have mushrooms, you have the little bomb mom. You have some some creature that yells Goomba that is horrifying. Um, it's it's doesn't really have anything to do with the source material. There's not a lot there in the source material, but there's at least like a tone, you know. Um, and also, there's an audience. Uh, you're not really going to have kids watch this. Um, uh, and I, I mean, may, they might have a good time because um, there's I not a lot of near seven when this came out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting Hollywood accident for me, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, well, and, and it's it's uh, one one of the things that I always see online are, are people complaining about Chris Pratt's Mario, which I don't like Chris Pratt's Mario. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to jump online and like get in an argument, but my first impulse is like, if you think that's bad, like. You know, there's this whole other movie that they made at one point, right? <laughs> yeah, this whole other movie that is not available for streaming this year. I think for very <laughs> intentionally planned reasons. We have because... Super Mario Brothers at home. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. And it's because they're, this is going to come to streaming eventually. And they don't want parents, as dumb as they are, to rent or buy the digital version of this movie and then be expecting the other one because parents are just idiots. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't experienced that point where my brain just turns off. Yet. I haven't hit that number yet where I'm just swamped and I'm not able to make critical decisions. Uh, but <laughs> parents are just fucking morons, you know? At this point, if I went to a store, right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, you know that game where like you get to shoot uh, other people and uh, yeah my kid really loves this game and oh they go okay you uh, you know how's your kid and it's like oh well you know they're not too young whatever and then they hand you like uh, they hand, hand you Doom Eternal and what you really wanted was Fortnite which you didn't even need to buy it's a free game <laughs> and so like that level of just stupid uh and I guess maybe it's just being overtaxed in time. They don't have time to look shit up. I think and maybe that's a the, lot of it, yeah. Maybe the internet didn't exist back then, and so they just had to go based on, I think this is it, I don't know. Who knows? And so the person at the counter was the only resource that the teenager working at uh, Circuit City was their only hope, uh, <laughs> yeah. was their Obi-Wan Kenobi of that situation, yeah. um, and just fucking failed, you know? Um, they, their kid wanted Mortal Kombat and, you know, they brought them, uh, like living fights, you know, some kind of knockoff game. <laughs> Bum fights. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what? I don't know. So uh, maybe it's just a, a generational informational gap. Um, cause if things are now, you could instantly look up and you could determine a difference. But, so I hope I don't get to that point. Um, you know, you don't have a thing where the parent buys you um, the game that you've wanted forever and you open it up and it's Digimon and you don't even know what Digimon is. You were hoping for the next Pokemon game. And they're like, it said Mon at the end. I thought that was it. What is it? (laughs) And it's like, are you on drugs? Like, why did you do this? You could have just asked me. I know. Um, so yeah, maybe I guess that's I was lucky show. enough to grow up in a household where one, my mom and dad would both like actively engage and listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I guess that's it. If parents are just... and again, at my, I didn't really have this happening to me, but yeah, the fact that I knew it was a thing that happened, it it still just befuddled me uh, yeah. to no end. It's something I'll have to I'll have to keep an eye on. Uh, myself hilarious you're gonna be like six different versions of of like beyblades or whatever by the time it's like i don't know which one is it mark eight or mark nine yeah. 
this is a really important decision right now. This is, yeah. Was I listening? Maybe I wasn't. <laughs> uh, maybe passed out on the couch. I didn't. I didn't hear them correctly. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so yeah, this this movie is weird, and it's it's entertaining in some ways. Um, uh, I feel I'm bad that you had to buy it because, like you said, <laughs> I own this shit now. I own this shit. You said luckily though it was what like two or three bucks. Like it was yeah, it was like three dollars with free shipping. They they wanted to get rid of it. Amazon was like, free us of the shelf space. It costs us more in tax to like write this off and put it in a landfill than if you just buy it and take it off our hands. Oh man. Um, uh, I, you know, I bet that that's the case. I, I wonder if they have it in storage somewhere and it costs them more to move it wholesale to a landfill. See, you know what happened is like they were moving it and the entire like pallet or two of it fell on like one of the early Amazon employees. And like the only way they can like excavate them is just gradually selling like one copy (laughs) and another. There's a scene that is, unintentionally one of the most hilarious scenes uh, i don't know if you watched the movie recently um where uh bob hoskins is falling through the dimensional hole yeah and he's rotating around yeah. and like as he travels through dimensions and i was telling my wife the way that that shot it's really it's very it's comedic it's my my wife yeah. and i had laugh we're just laughing because it's it's like they hung him on a wire and then they panned the gonna... they, they panned the camera, and what I'm I'm thinking from the shot is they panned the camera from here, and then they went like this underneath him, and then they went him on the other side, and then they just had him like whirl around, and so he's supposed to be like twisting, but he never changes perspective, like you don't see a different side of him. It's just like him like this, flipping around. But even as he's flipping, it's like if I was flipping in place like this, like pivoting. Keeping your head straight on like an owl. Yeah. And it's not even like that. It's just the the twisting effect is from the camera panning in that. And so that's the actual motion. So it's like if I tried to trick you and think, oh, I'm twisting, but really, oh, look, I'm moving. But all you did was move the camera around me. That's the effect that that gets created. It's just like, this is just... Who who printed this? Who said that's good? Let's <laughs> cut it to film. That's what we're going with. We're shipping this. Well, apparently they they went way over budget, and I so I don't know if that forty eight million is including their overtime, or yeah. or if that's like the end all thing. Because I mean, you know, forty million for that Bob Hopkins shot, and then the eight million was for the rest of the movie. No, I will I guarantee say it. the. This the uh, the set design is all well because that's all shot on sound stages. That's not like on. I mean, it's it's not on location in New York. Obviously, it was shot in North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Um, same. It's as, a same great as Ninja Turtles. Yes, yeah. honestly, it's a like great set design for another movie, for some other movie that isn't oh, this yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, set design is good. I would say the uh, the special effects are good. Like the Goombas don't look like Goombas. <laughs> <laughs> but they do look frightening <laughs> for they a variety look, of reasons. They do look weird. Um, um, uh, j- just just that mix of of um, 
like it's a weird warp effect when they're they're uh, de-evolutionizing people yep. de-evolutioning de- um i mean yoshi is yoshi's some really solid animatronics um, but yeah this animatronics the the practical effects i think are, are what what really make this um enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> yep um so yeah Wow, this is going to be one of our shorter episodes, I think. <laughs> That's we got all the feelings out. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's it's uh, you know we you were joking earlier about this being a cursed recording because we've tried to record it like three or four times. <laughs> yeah, the universe intervened. The universe was like, no, this is not this is not the right energy. Um, the vibes are off. Please stop. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, the um, the I would recommend that people watch this movie just for an appreciation of, of um, how old school video games were adapted, because like even even your Netflix shows that are that are adaptations of video games and things are way better, I think. Than yeah. anything that, like if I, I don't know if there's anyone out there that just only has a a focus on um video game adaptations but like this honestly this one is a little bit more middle of the road in my opinion in terms of quality like it's no wing commander did you see wing commander i have not seen wing commander (laughs) it's uh it, it it's it's a space fighty movie i guess you know, I don't. I don't seek these experiences out, Zach. They come to me. I've not seen Wing okay. Commander. Um, but yeah, no, like, like usually the uh, the the video game adaptations, I think that are animated tend to work a little bit better. So, you know, here's hoping that the <clears throat> the Mario Brothers movie that's that's coming out is actually going to, uh, you know, fit a little bit better. I, again, the voice cast with the one coming out, even weird. Everyone does a good job though. Like other than Chris Pratt, <laughs> like he just sounds like he's kind of making an offensive like Brooklyn accent. Yeah, he's not really a voice actor, and that's that's one of the things that is is rather odd. And the thing about it is, um, but you know, I mean, neither this is... is Jack Black or keegan michael key but like they at least understood the assignment of yeah hide your voice a little bit (laughs) yeah some people have a little bit more talent in that regard for like emotive being a i mean jack black being a singer uh having comedic talent like being Jack black acts in real life how he Mm -hmm. looks acting in a voice acting booth where yeah (laughs) you're over the top yeah, that's 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 what you're casting him for that particular yeah. uh, you know ability and direction. Um, you know, if I uh, I want to cast somebody who's like a disaffected, you know, middle aged person who's had a lot of trouble and is trying to appear really cool, but maybe you know isn't really hitting that mark at all and is like having a rough time. Um, Johnny Depp, you know, I'm I'm casting him. That's he's gonna fucking fit that role to a T. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that's the only limit of his talent because he's obviously had some talent, you know, and has expressed that time and time again. Yeah. But people embody specific roles. Um, 
I think my issue with the voice acting bit is um, you have people that have particular ability. A lot of it is nowadays the title card having like big name actors uh, being part of these animated films is supposed to give it some kind of legitimacy. And oftentimes I've seen these movies, you know, be quite middling like super pets. It doesn't matter who was in that movie uh, doing the voice acting, the movies shit or it's not, you know, or it's somewhere in between. Um, And the voice acting talent doesn't really sell it because there's so many other things that are involved other than who spoke these lines. Uh, And then, so then you have that section of like, okay, who can really uh, voice act and sell this role? And I don't know. uh, I think a Troy Baker in like the last of us and like, he really hits, you know, uh, it out of the park with that role. Uh, As far as like the voice acting, emotion, like the timbre, um, being able to give pauses, uh, you know, for a dramatic effect. Um, not something that someone who doesn't have experience with it or doesn't have a proclivity for it, you know, is really necessarily capable of doing. Um, so I don't, I don't really jive with the, oh, this person famous is in this movie. I don't know how many kids know um, yeah. who Jack Black is, you know, yeah. showing up in a movie. Like they yeah. probably know the Chris Pratt name or um, the guy who plays Luigi. Um, oh, Charlie how, Day? How many fucking like 10 year olds do you think know who Charlie yeah, Day yeah, is? Like, you know? <laughs> which I gotta who? say, that's an inspired voice acting, voice cast. Um, yeah. I mean, for that, that that's, character, especially yeah, for a kid's movie. Because like typically studios kind of edge away from casting actors mainly known for more adult. Yeah, adult roles. roles. Yeah. Um, and I like Charlie Day, you know? Um, yeah. So I just, I don't see why it has to be, well, why I mean, that, that has to be the focus. Anyways. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I gotta be honest, like, it's it's Mario, like, cast someone that sounds like Mario. Use Charles Martinet. Um, or mm-hmm. if you don't want to do that, or if he, he doesn't want to do that, cast someone who's imitating Captain Lou Albano. From the Mario mm-hmm. Brothers Super Show, like, <laughs> I feel like that voice acting is a little bit more close to what's in my head for Mario. Than, yeah. <laughs> than, I don't than, know. You know, Chris Pratt running around. Hey, Luigi, where are you going? <laughs> Chris Pratt just has a really great agent. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> His agent just knows how to give all the right, all the right marks. Uh, I to just get the I. He was he was very funny as Star Lord, and then Hollywood put him in goddamn everything, and it's like he's he doesn't have that good of range, I don't think. Yeah, I don't want a bitch because like I'm I'm not a I, I'm not an actor. Like maybe he he does have a certain charisma that I'm just not seeing. But like Kid, kids like him, <laughs> maybe that's it. Kids like him. I don't know if you watched uh, Tomorrow War, but it's it's. Ooh. Oh God, what a slog! Oof. I didn't even finish it. I didn't even. No, finish I, it. I I didn't either. I I like <laughs> dog shit movies. I didn't finish that movie. Yeah, I was like, I I don't I don't really care. Also, I'm kind of confused. Mostly, like, what are you trying to do here? Uh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I stopped I, it. <laughs> that is never a movie that I will make us watch because. <laughs> no. It's... Guess what? Just guess what? Just showed up on my my review two list. Is some sweet, yeah, some sweet justice. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll add it to the rotation. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I can eat sh- eat eat shit in a bowl just so I can watch you eat shit too. Um, I don't know, I don't know if that's really my style. Just played around with the idea, but I don't know if that's really my thing. Um. Yeah. No. So that that's Mario. We're we're talking about other things now. So I I don't know how much more steam this one has. Do you? Yeah, no, I think I think thoughts? we're good. There's there's not really a lot to okay. to uh, poke at this corpse at this time. I think I think we've gone through and it's a thing. It's worth watching, uh, especially if you're going to see the next one, just to kind of see. Uh, wow, this got made, and now now we're going to see what what they do with the next one, which seems pretty pretty typical, like family yeah. friendly, entertaining, fair. Uh, you know, kids movies that can still sort of entertain adults. Um, I'm probably going to watch it with my wife just to kind of see if it's a good time. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it personally. Um, Cause I gotta be honest. I had my doubts about the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie and then I watched it on prime and it's like, well, it's not intended for me, but this is actually a really good adaptation of a video game. Yeah. It's fun. Like it's it's a good time. A competent, done thing so um yeah all all that being said the uh the book club book right now is um george stewart's earth abides um so get ready for us to depress the fuck out of you <laughs> we're talking about that book um but uh yeah we'll see you guys next time bye